Yeah, this is good. This will be a good show. It should be. I'm excited. So to stay tuned in. Don't turn off this podcast. That's right. If you do, we'll know. We're tracking you. We're not, no, not we're, really. We're not really. <laughs> we're not <laughs> Facebook. Oh, wait, did I say that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Are you tired of it yet? Too bad. Banter, banter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Rob Minow, and uh, joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hey. And uh, that's it. No Steve again today. Wah. He's a working man. He is. So, uh, but don't worry. Um, I'm sure everybody will get their Steve fix next week. Hey. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Wait, what is next? Is next week the Halloween show? Nope. That's the week after? Mm, yep. Okay. Fair enough. Halloween show, incidentally, we're, is coming up. <laughs> it is. Uh, so that we're excited about that. Always excited about these special occasion shows that we do. Yeah. Well, you've come up with some really nice, you know, intro Halloween music or Christmas music every year. So, oh, so I look putting, forward to that. Putting the pressure on me again. This no, year. I just used what you used last year. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Do it. Uh, yeah. So that uh, what what is that? That's going to be the well, obviously the weekend or week of the have Halloween. Obviously. Yeah, I think Halloween's on the Wednesday, so we'll do it on the Monday. Um, anything to report? Anything to report? Well, I still haven't got the new Windows update, fall update yet. So I'm happy about that. Have There's they did? Yeah. Has there, have there been any reports about whether they fixed the issue? They pulled it back and they said they fixed the issue. And then after they fixed the issue, people were reporting blue screens and losing audio. So it hasn't been pulled back again, from my understanding. So it's still being pushed out to people. So but and supposedly just, they've issued a fix for the audio issue. Yeah, well, just yeah, and just to refresh people's memory, what was the what was the problem initially? Oh, it was deleting all your user files, so everything in your documents folder and personal files and folders gone. Now was it gone permanently, or was it just it just kind of disappeared them, and then you could restore? I don't back. know. No, I don't know if you could do it rolled back. Is I saw a couple articles online of how to get your data back. So, so I don't think it was a Microsoft tool. Like they weren't just in your recycle bin. Like I think they were gone. Ooh. Yeah. But Man. it didn't happen to everybody. It just happened to some people. Yeah. Well, if it happens to one person, that's <laughs> yep, too many. Yep. Exactly. Be um, yep. But so hopefully Microsoft mm. will maybe slow things down a little bit and kind of work work some bugs out of the system. Yeah, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll all go to Chromebooks. I don't know. I don't know. We had a, that discussion about Chrome OS. Insert cricket sound here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no one's excited about that. Some people might be. I don't think they are. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Yes, sir. Uh, what are we doing today? Today, we are talking with founder of ActiveView, Mr. Alex Corin. Yeah, and what is ActiveView, sir? ActiveView is an app for your smartphone that 
gives a person with a disability, such as deaf or hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, deaf, um, or even needing sign language interpretation um, through this app to go to movie theaters and watch movies in mm. an accessible fashion. So it's basically a mobile version of, uh, of the, the software that's already existing in movie theaters that, that provide uh, audio description? Well, the movie theaters don't have software. They have a hardware-dedicated device that uh, I've actually personally never used myself. Um, I've heard stories of people going in and asking for the device, and the staff at the theater have no idea what you're talking about or how to work the device. So I've personally never actually even asked for one. So I don't know how they actually work, but I don't believe they're an app. I think they're a dedicated hardware device, probably like an FM transmitter. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly either, but all I've heard is pretty much horror stories about uh, the movie theaters. And, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not really providing a, a very good upkeep to the devices. So a lot of times they don't work or the batteries are dead or... And there's, you know, nobody there really to support it. So if you're, a, you know, a blind patron going to a movie theater and it doesn't work, you're just kind of out of luck because yep. certainly the usher or the people selling popcorn aren't going to be able to to uh, tech support it. So Yeah, that's yeah, why I, when I heard about these guys, I was really, really excited to get them on the show. Yeah. You know, I don't know of anybody else doing this. No, I don't think so. And uh, so, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of questions for them and, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully this 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 uh, catches on because it sounds incredibly convenient. Absolutely. Um, you know, you could essentially you know download the app and go to you know any movie and sync it up and and listen on your headphones and have described audio. Well, we have to ask Alex as well. You know, like they have certain titles that they're working with, so we'll have to make a mental note to go back and ask as well, what about back catalogs? Because there's a lot of movies out there with the descriptive audio track. Well, I think, yeah, there's there's definitely two prongs to this where there is content that is currently in theaters mm -hmm. and then content that's obviously available on, say, you know, and digital. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what 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 exactly they're working and what they, where their focus is, so... Wasn't there something new in, about Facebook? Facebook's releasing a portal. It's kind of like a Google Home Hub, but with a camera. It's oh, going to track you everywhere you go in your house. It's you know what? Track you. <laughs> you know what? I did want to actually uh, talk a little bit about um, the uh, the Google event that we talked about last week. There was a. I did. I did do a little bit more reading after uh, after we released the show, and. I was right about the fact that the... Uh, Rob was right. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the Google Hub, that they, they haven't put a camera in there specifically mm -hmm. for, they're marketing it as a feature. Right. Like they're saying that, yeah, you don't have to worry about your privacy. You don't have to worry about a camera in your bedroom. Yeah, uh, we don't, angle. We don't have, a, we don't have a, a camera on it. So it's interesting that they've sort of taken, you know, all these security and privacy concerns... Uh, that people have voiced about the different digital assistants and actually, you know, use that as as a feature. It's like... Have you looked at any reviews that have been released yet on the Google Home Hub? No. No? No. Neither yet. No, it's a little too early, I think. No, there's some out there. Is there? Yeah, but I haven't listened to them. I, I don't know. I would I would get one. I mean, I think it's... Uh, I mean, I don't know that, that I would use it a, a heck of a lot differently than... The only thing I heard 
some people are complaining about is that the screen is only seven inches. So it's a really small screen when most others are nine, ten inches. Right. So, so it's almost you know, not worth maybe, it. Well, it might be okay if it's sitting on your kitchen counter and using it to look up a recipe or something. Right. Um, but, you know, staring at a YouTube video from across the room is probably not going to do you any good. Right. Okay, well, hey, listen, uh, let's, uh, without further ado, let's get right to Alex. Hello. Hey, is that Alex? Yeah, it is. How's it going? Good. Hey, hey. Alex, I'm Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? Doing well, thank you. And in the room, my hostess with the mostess, or host with the most, Mr. Oh, wait, Rob Minot. did you just call me a hostess? I did. That's why I changed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, hey, how you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me today. Oh, I'm so glad you could join us. I've been wanting to get you guys on for so, 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 so long. So I'm glad awesome. to be yeah. here. Glad to be here. Excellent. Let's start out and and with just maybe describing exactly what the ActiveView app does. The ActiveView app is a mobile application that was built to enable people that are hard of hearing, deaf, blind, low vision, or speak a different language to be included in entertainment, namely movies and TV. So you can use the app in a movie theater, in your own home, and uh, have access to captions audio description, translations, any accessible or auxiliary service that's necessary for anyone to be a part of watching that content. Now, I have to ask, where did all of this start from? Because nobody, <laughs> nobody else seems to be doing this, and so it just kind of came out of left field. Sure. Um, I think that to describe where ActiveView comes from, I have to explain a little bit about my background. Um, I'm 24 years old. And I was at Johns Hopkins for two years. When I was 19, I decided I didn't want to drop out of school and, uh, and work on technology. I received a grant to move out to California and packed up two duffel bags, came out this way, and started consulting on a bunch of different technology to figure out what my, where my passion really lied. And I realized that I wanted to build technology that mattered to people. I didn't want to build Uber for laundry or Tinder for cat food. <laughs> I wanted to build uh, things that, that really impacted people's lives. And a family friend of mine uh, approached me and said, uh, hey, Alex, you know, I've been losing my hearing recently. I went to a movie theater and uh, used one of the assisted listening devices and it ran out of battery halfway through. And it was such a shame because I had to leave the theater with my family. We just didn't watch the movie. We left. And he asked me, given all the technology that's available today, why can't I do this? Why can't I be included in going out with my family to the theater? And I said, it's not that simple, but let me look into what we can do to solve that. And that's when I learned about audio description, learned about captions and subtitling, the dubs and translations, and all those other auxiliary mediums that enable people to take part. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of stories from people who, you know, can get really frustrated with the, the, the different um, equipment that, that, the, the movie theaters have, you know, a lot of times they, they won't work. A lot of times, you know, like you said, the batteries aren't working. There's nobody sort of on site that really know, seems to know the system well enough. No, absolutely. I think that that, you know, that was really the, the impetus for all of this was those stories. Um, you know, it was that one anecdotal piece of evidence from a family friend, but it very quickly expanded into, uh, you know, just the norm for people. I think it was kind of this joke in the community that, the easiest way to get free tickets is just to go to a movie because you kind of assume the equipment wasn't going to be up to par in so many cases. And uh, I think that, you know, when people go to a movie, this is the last thing you want to worry about. This is the last thing you want to think about. They want to just uh, sit down and enjoy. And I think that, you know, what we've been about since the beginning has always been, how do we make this feel seamless? How do we make someone walk into a theater and buy a ticket, buy popcorn, and the rest of us are sitting down in the seat and watching the movie? 
and that's that was really kind of how the our constraints and 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 goals when designing the application itself and so how does the process work Sure. So uh, for a user who's walking into the theater, um, they will go onto the application and find a movie that they want to watch. As a disclaimer, we don't have every movie. We license each of these from the studios, and these are coming from studios that are making a commitment to providing better access. Uh, but provided the theater is, sorry, provided the studio is uh, allowing their content to be viewed through the ActiveView app, you can download the audio description track, the captions, the dubs, whatever services are available before the movie starts. And we recommend people do that at home over Wi-Fi just to make sure they have the file. But you can do it at the theater. There's no reason you have to do it beforehand. Um, once you're in the theater, you simply tap the service that you want to use once it's been downloaded. And your phone's going to start listening to the movie that you're watching. It's going to listen to hear where in the movie you are. So let's just say you walk in 10 minutes late and hit the play button in the app it'll recognize that you're already 10 minutes into that movie just by listening to it. And once it figures that out, it takes about 10, 15 seconds, it'll automatically play back the content you selected synchronized with what you're watching. Man, that's brilliant. Okay, well, that answers the, the syncing question. Yeah, that's very so, cool. so it's really, it's a seamless, or it's a, it's, it's a basically invisible process where the user doesn't even notice that, that there's anything going on. It just, the, the app just starts working. Exactly. You know, there's a, there's a screen that comes up as it's syncing, that'll uh, tell the user, just a heads up, make sure your microphone isn't obstructed, make sure it can hear the movie. Uh, this might take a little while with a small progress bar that explains a little bit what the app, what the app is doing. Uh, and, you know, again, that process is a 10 to 15 second process as long as there's sound in the movie theater. The one caveat of the technology, I'll admit that, you know, everything's not perfect is if the movie starts in a very, very quiet scene, it can be difficult to sync. And that's, you know, one thing that we're trying to figure out with some theaters as to how we can get, you know, some sound that might play before a movie. But again, it's a longer, longer process uh, further in the future. For right now, the hope is that within the first 30 seconds of any film, there's some audio we can latch onto and uh, figure out exactly where you are and start playing that content back. Right. And so currently, have you found the studios quite receptive to the service? Sure. I think that on an individual level, every person at a studio recognizes the value of providing better services for people that, that, that need them. Uh, and then at a corporate level, things get a little more murky. Um, the process that we go through usually is to touch, touch base with operations and say, hey, here's a service we can provide. You guys hand off the same files you're already handing off to the theaters that enable the hardware devices to us, and we'll make them available to, to uh, your customers, make sure everyone can use them, whether a theater has the equipment or not. And the questions that usually come up are security-wise, how are you making sure that, uh, that, that the content is, is, is safe for us to make sure there's no anti-piracy, or so no piracy concerns, that anti-piracy is in place? Uh, two, for 20 years, we've been telling people don't bring their phones in the theaters, and all of a sudden we're <laughs> saying, bring your phones to the theaters, and, uh, and, and they're asking how is that going to affect or impact other customers right. um, and exhibition? And then, you know, also just operationally, how do we get you the files in time? How do we know, you know, that everything's working, quality assurance? There's, there's a lot of pieces that kind of go beyond just handing over some MP3s and saying, here you go, make it accessible. Uh, and so I think that everyone that we talk to wants to find a way to make it work, but every studio has a very, very different process for actually going through that. Um, and that's kind of been where the challenges lie. 
you know, we're up here in Canada, and I think you guys have told me in the past that the service is only available in the U.S. Is that due to licensing, or like, isn't it the same file that gets distributed? It's a hundred percent due to licensing. Uh, we are, you know, we our goal is to gun for a hundred percent coverage of access wherever people need the app. And uh, the challenges are, of course, along uh, distribution schedules and licensing from studios uh, and the. the Software, by its own nature, is available wherever you want it to be available. Uh, and so we are we are ready and comfortable to make it available in other countries. The challenges are the studios uh, limiting the availability to to certain uh, certain territories. And that's not, I think, uh, unreasonable in the beginning, at least, just because, um, again, it's a test. We're talking about opening up a new use case in theaters. As I mentioned, 20 years, they've been saying no cell phones in theaters. We're opening it up. I think for them to go, you know, international with it from day one is a bit of a big ask. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, you know, from our perspective, it's always a disappointment when we can't give it to someone who wants to use it, who's just across a border, you know, even just a few miles north of someone in upstate New York or otherwise. Um, you know, that that's certainly been challenging for us personally, because we do get emails in saying, hey, why isn't this movie available in Canada or the UK or Australia? And uh, and we just say we want it to be. We wish it could be. But, uh, but but we really appreciate the patience. And I think that the thing that we can ask of anyone who wants ActiveView available where they are is uh, email us. Send us a story about what it was like to go to a theater that didn't have the accessibility equipment because we're in a position to share those stories with the studios and say, hey, here's evidence that if you did provide this to ActiveView for other countries, it would result in more ticket sales and more butts in seats because at the end of the day, there's always this socially impactful aspect of mm -hmm. helping people, but they're also worried about their bottom line. And they're going to be wondering, is it worth the effort, the time, the maintenance uh, to, to make sure that, 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 you know, enough people go to the theater that make it worth that while. Um, and so that's the question we have to answer. And if we can prove to them with evidence from customers, I will only go to a movie if active is available. Otherwise I can't then they're going to stand up and say, okay, we should do this because that's tickets not, you know, that's tickets going to be sold that we can't sell otherwise. Well, I think too, that in the last couple of years, you know, theater goers have really cut back on the amount of movies they're going to see. There hasn't been a lot mm -hmm. of big, you know, blockbusters consistently. There's a lot of, you know, dribs and drabs of movies, but you know, without the superhero movies, a lot of people just wait until things come out on Blu-ray or Netflix and watch sure. it from home. Right. So the theater owners are losing money already. And so anything to get, like you say, more butts in the seats is, a, is an asset for them. But the one thing I want to come back to is, you know, my wife and I were going to go see Christopher Robin here at one of our theaters. Mm. And it was described. It had, I think, two showings on a Saturday and a Tuesday or something at specific times. So if it's described already here, is it possible for me to, like, if you guys had that available, download it from you guys and would it sync up with my theater here in Canada? The app, the technology itself would synchronize, but being in Canada, the app wouldn't allow you to see that Christopher Robin is available. Oh, okay. uh, so, so we kind of geofence based on the territories that, right. uh, that for instance, this instance, Disney tells us we can geofence to, and which was the U.S. Okay. Uh, only. And so, you know, again, it, it does kind of present us with a challenge where people say, but the audio description does exist. We know it does but we want to use ActiveView and we have to say yeah. for the meantime, we're sorry. And, and again, it kind of is out of our hands. We, right. We're a, we're a two person company here, here in, uh, in California. And, uh, it's, it's, it's 
personal for us. Sure. It truly is uh, to be providing access. And it, it's, it's definitely painful every time we can't. Um, and so I think that, you know, being able to tell studios from the perspective of an, a user, I want to use ActiveView. I don't want to be using this other equipment. Make it available in my territory too. That goes a long way, okay. a really long way. Perfect. So I'm just curious about a little bit about the, the politics here. Um, do you do you deal mainly with the studios or do you deal with the actual theaters as well? We deal mainly with the studios. Um, ex exhibition and theatrical uh, really is something we do more out of uh, relationship building just for when problems might arise. If someone has an issue with the active view app, we want theaters to know that they can reach out to us for support. Um, we want theaters to be aware of what this phone usage means for them and everything we're trying to do to make sure that we're not uh, a source of piracy, that we're not a source of, uh, of irritation for other customers. Uh, we just want to have those relationships available. But really, our entire system could work without theaters even being aware of us right. existing. Mm -hmm. um, studios give us the content, the synchronization, you know, by nature of the microphone creating the sync requires theaters to do nothing for this to be available. We would love for theaters to put up signs and say, ActiveView works here. I mean, yes, it works everywhere, but just to tell customers it's available sure. um, as a way to let them know that they're uh, aware, that they are that they care, and that, um, that they want to be supportive of, of equal access and just kind of a universal movie-going experience. Yeah, I mean, because I would think that, you know, again, it goes back to more butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. um, I, mm -hmm. I would think that, that theater owners, uh, especially these days, I mean, they would probably feel that they have a stake in this too mm -hmm. and that that's an untapped dem demographic there the you know the deaf hard of hearing visually impaired all these potential customers that certainly would come to the theater a lot more often than they do if they knew that there is an option that's going to work for them without a doubt and i think that you know that comes down to a comes back to a much more core issue which is that we've got a chicken and egg problem here um, the theater owners don't think that deaf and blind people want to watch movies because they don't go, but they don't go because the access is provided. Right. So if I walked into a theater owner and said, there are people who need amplified audio captions, audio descriptions that will come to your theater, given access, they look at me and say, Are you crazy. I've never seen a blind person come into my theater. And I say, obviously, because the services aren't available. Yeah. for them. Um, but but in their mind, it means that demographic doesn't exist and isn't impactful on the bottom line. Um, you know, I think that people tend to forget that a significant percentage, you know, more than 10% of the of the US falls into a demographic of either needing some sort of um, hearing, visual or language uh, supplemented service that enables them to watch that content. And 10% is not a number, a number to scoff at in, in the slightest. No. Um, and so I think that that's why the anecdotes really come a long way, you know, for us, because it allows us to bring quantitative and qualitative evidence to these studios, these stakeholders and say, look, it's not just us saying that they will come. There are people who are making their voices heard that this is important to them. Well, and in the last couple of years, I'm sure you've noticed as well as we have, there's been such a big awareness awakening when it comes to accessibility, mm -hmm. universal design. Um, you know, by all the big players, Microsoft, Apple, you know, everybody is waking up to the, this whole demographic, like you're talking about, of consumers who have money to spend and will go spend their money if they have the ability to do so. Um, 
Well, not only that, I mean, even just the, the audio description itself has really grown in the past mm -hmm. three to four years. Um, you know, there are mandates now for, you know, television programming, for example, to that a certain percentage, a certain number of hours every day uh, of primetime content has to be audio described. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, and Netflix is getting better. You know, a lot of the Netflix original stuff mm -hmm. have have audio descriptions. So um, it's it's becoming less and less of a, a of a of a mystery, I think, to people. I mean, people are people are really you know getting aware of this. So hopefully that will help you guys gain a little bit of traction with them. Um, because I mean, who knows? Have you have you guys considered? Like I don't I don't know much about the the proprietary systems that the the theaters say have in their in the theaters themselves. But I mean, I would think that you know if if you could prove that that ActiveView really works well, they could just replace that with with tablets or smartphones or whatever with with the ActiveView app on them. Sure, uh, you know the first product that we actually built at ActiveView was a box that could be installed in a projection system, and then you'd have tablets on hand to provide this content instead of using the microphone synchronization or using um, you know downloading the content before you got there. The box would be transmitting all that data over Wi-Fi to your phone. Uh, the challenge that we have with the current, that we, we ended up turning off that, that uh, initial development because of the sales cycle and relations we'd have to build with the theaters to actually sell uh, the, these boxes and the price point we'd have to make them at. Right. Uh, but when we look at you know, the current system, which is kind of studio focused, the challenge is that it's not ADA compliant if we don't have every movie. And right. so if we don't have a deal with every studio for every one of their films coming through there, um, we kind of run into these issues of, are we creating a compliant system? Definitely, if we did, it would be cheaper. You know, you can buy Android tablets nowadays for 50 bucks mm -hmm. um, in bulk and certainly, you know, make the ActiveView app available on them. Um, the Android app, by the way, is coming out in, in what looks like a few weeks for us. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, I can <laughs> speak more to that in a moment. But, uh, but the... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the ADA compliance is something that's more of a longer term goal for us because of that limitation of are we working with enough studios to make that compliance uh, met? Right. Rob and I were talking before the show, and are you guys focused more on kind of block blockbuster movies, or how do you pick and choose which movies you want to be able to give access to? Because there's such a huge back catalog of, of you know, movies that have descriptive audio tracks and right. closed captioning, which goes back, you know, 50 years or however long it is. How do you guys pick and choose? Sure. Um, well, for theatrical, we're taking anything that, that it's really coming up that's going to have a uh, wide enough distribution uh, to, to be to make available to all of our customers. If we do see some film festivals with some good films that are that are really kind of aligned with accessibility, we'll also put them up on the app behind a passcode. At the bottom of the app is a redeem button. And sometimes we'll put those a redeem code for a uh, for a film festival. Uh, there's Superfest, for instance, this, uh, this coming weekend uh, in October 2018, that uh, is providing some fills with audio descriptions. We'll open up just to those customers that are there. And uh, and the way that we look at home titles is where can we find our core three to make available, which means audio description, closed captions, and some type of Spanish, whether it's captions or dubs. Right. Um, because we really want to only put movies up where people can feel as though if they see it in the app, it means they can watch it. We don't want people to come to the app 
and see a movie they want to watch and then recognize, oh, they have the captions, but they don't have the audio description. So that's step one for us is making sure we have one service for uh, the blind low vision audience, one for hard of hearing deaf and one for Spanish speaking, which are the three kind of major segments. Uh, Anything else on top of that, of course, is something we're happy to provide. Uh, And then it really comes down to which studios are willing to um, willing to play ball, you know, Many of them want to go through some sort of test service or test cycle where they have, you know, one to five movies on board, sometimes smaller ones with less piracy risk um, that uh, they want to try it out and see, one, do customers like it? And two, operationally, how challenging it is for them to put five movies on if they're about to agree to put 500. Um, You know, that can be a really, really daunting task, especially with a new platform that is uh, just figuring all of this out. And of course, we've you know technologically built a lot of systems in the back end that enable this to happen very smoothly for the studio. But uh, but that's not seen until it's tried. Um, you know, ActiveView really is a a uh, the app that people use is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's been built technology wise. Uh, it's the way that customers obviously interface those content, but the tooling that's done, the security and measures that are in place to make this operationally possible really sit behind a very, very big black box, uh, you know, underneath the surface that, that really works hard to make this process possible. So I have to ask a little bit of a geeky question. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, go for it. If I'm watching, because here in Canada, I did download the ActiveView app on my iOS phone just right. to take a quick look at. And I saw you had, I don't know, four or five or six home movies there that I could check out. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to watch something at home, have you thought about incorporating some sort of Chromecast or other type device that you could cast to your big screen? Sure. Um, So we kind of ask ourselves this question often of what is ActiveView really for? Um, You know, you do have platforms like iTunes and Netflix that are starting to provide audio description. Coverage is not perfect, but of course, uh, we can commend anyone on the effort to make, you know, access more widely available. Um, and one thing that we get from customers in terms of where ActiveView adds a lot of value is I'm watching with my family. I'm the only one that needs audio description. I'm the only one that needs Spanish. Right. Um, let's make it personal for me and let everyone else watch the way that they want to watch. And so that's kind of been the, the use case that we've optimized for in the home. Uh, less so kind of the solo viewership where you might want it over your speakers or sound system. Okay. There's no reason why in the future it's not possible. Um, especially as we work to find integrations with a lot of these platforms, you know, trying to find partnerships with the Netflixes, the Amazon videos and Google plays of the world. Um, but for right now, I think that our goal is kind of this personalized experience where you choose your volume, your service, your experience yourself. And that doesn't impact anyone that's, that's sitting around you. Um, always curious to hear thoughts from other people that kind of have our, have a use case that we're not kind of optimizing for there, but that's been our thinking to date. Sure. I saw as one of the, I think the home the home movies you have pick of the litter, mm. and you know I saw that it's something my wife I, I'm totally blind uh, my wife is fully sighted so I you know we both want to see that movie because I actually went to GDB and had my first and only ever guide dog from there wow so I'm familiar with them quite deeply so I don't know where to get that movie here in Canada uh, I've sent mm-hmm. them an email so I don't know if I can buy it or download it from iTunes or what. But I saw your movie there. So at the moment, I think I can watch it, but she can't unless we huddle around my phone. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, just a reminder that for the ActiveView app to work, it needs to sync to another screen. So right, unless you can right, find right. the movie, the ActiveView app won't actually unlock that content. Right. Um, it's part of the security protocols in place is that it basically ensures that 
someone can't get the content without paying for a ticket because right. if it hears the movie, you've likely paid for a ticket or a rental or something. And that's part of what makes the studios okay with this system existing is that um, they can ensure that when someone's using the ActiveView app, they've somehow made a buck from it, uh, right. whether that's a ticket sale, a rental, or a subscription through a, a subscription provider. Okay. Um, and so with Pick of the Litter, uh, obviously had you know a limited release i mean quite a successful release though from what i understand there are about 135 markets um which when they really only expected many many less than that mm-hmm. and um i think that uh i was speaking to the director actually over the weekend don and he um he said that their plans coming forward i'm not sure you know uh, which platforms but plans going forward to put these on some of the over-the-top digital uh, providers to make it available in the home for people. And certainly when that happens, nice. we'll be ready. Yeah, the movie's already up there. Great. Awesome. I don't think we covered this, but how long has the app actually been in development for? Like, how long have you guys been sure. working on this? Yeah, I started building Active when I was 21 years old, two and a half years, maybe coming up on three years now, um, which has felt like uh, both a very short amount of time and a lifetime for me. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's been my full time job all that time. Uh, uh, we have a small office in Berkeley, as I mentioned. There's two of us here, uh, myself and my, my counterpart, Ali Kloon, who started with us about six months ago or so. She actually does a lot of our work with um, community organizations, customer support, and just planning around marketing as well, which is you know something that we're not uh, doing at a large scale right now. But she's certainly kind of gearing up for those moments when we have big blockbusters to start spreading the word. Uh, we've been pretty... pretty uh, hesitant to really jump on the marketing wagon until we have good enough coverage with movies in enough places to make that worthwhile. We don't want people going to the app and hearing about it saying, oh my God, I've been waiting to see Venom uh, for so long and then going to the app and see, I'll realize, oh, actually doesn't have a deal with Sony that's live right now. And uh, and so we don't want you know people to go on the app and really kind of give the app negative reviews because we don't have the content they want to watch. So we've been kind of quiet and telling people about the great opportunities and movies we do have, but not really about the platform and everything we want to promise uh, you know at large. And one thing I can kind of say to that point, I know this is off your question of of how long we're working on it, but uh, you know for us, such a big piece of this is positivity coming back from the community and washing over the studios every five-star review on the app is such a big uh nod towards the value we're providing and every you know uh every one star that comes through which is not often what they do saying you guys didn't have the movie i wanted one star what i really hope people recognize is that those are actually not going to help us get the next movies right um that really it's hurtful when a studio sees a one-star review they're not reading why we got the one star they just see a one-star review and think the app is not providing what it needs to provide and so every modicum of positivity comes our way uh, in the form of testimonials, reviews, uh, anecdotes about experiences that people have had at the theaters with or without ActiveView um, really go a long way to say, this is a target segment for the studios that they're missing out on that is valuable and excited to use ActiveView. That is what's going to drive this thing and what makes it possible. You know, I can sit here and build all the technology I want without the community. This will never happen. Yeah, and you know what? That's okay because that that kind of answers my follow up question, which which is because it sounds like the tech part of it's all done. Like the app sounds rock solid. It's it's working great. You've got an Android <laughs> Android version coming. coming out, so you know all that's sort of taken care of. So I'm I'm assuming that now going going ahead, it's it's going to be all about getting those studio deals and getting the content. 
Absolutely. I mean, these things happen in parallel. I wish I had five of me. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sitting here writing code in my free time and then flying down to L.A. to to meet with studios. And, and you know, obviously, we're on a very tight budget as a small team. Um, it's you know, this is not something that we're, we're and making any money off of today. Uh, and so this has been uh, a challenge all around. Uh, just to speak to the end of that for a moment, it's something we get all the time. We know that it's a huge need. Uh, and of course, you know, I've only got 10 fingers to write code with. Uh, and so uh, what, what actually has to happen is the app was built and has been built for several months, but it needs to go through a security review with the studios to make sure that it's up to their uh, standards. Mm, right. And we went through this process last year. It was about a three-month process with the iOS app, and we're going through the same process right now with Android. So we're kind of in a holding period waiting for everything to uh, be okay. Hopefully, we won't get anything back that says you need to make this, 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 and this change before we can make it live. Um, because that would obviously delay things further. But pending everything going well, the Android app should be out, you know, uh, relatively soon. That's got to be so hard because, as we know, Android is so fragmented, right? You yeah, know. without a doubt. And you know, I've got to say that the technology that that was designed around the synchronization is not uh, is not your you know usual little to do list app or reminder app or something. There's a lot of very, very uh, complex technology in there between the the audio and playback of content and security um, that, that really makes these things a bear to tackle, uh, quite frankly, on a, on a mobile device. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and one more thing I'll add in there, this is just more of a fun fact for you guys, but um, theatrical movies play at 24 frames per second. Mm -hmm. um, movies in the U.S. and I believe Canada as well play at 23.976 when they're in the home. And movies that are in Europe or other countries are, are usually at 25 frames per second when they're in the home. So theatrical always plays at the same speed. American Canadian home releases play at the same speed, and then everyone else plays at a different speed. Right. And oh, um, and we it creates an issue for us because if we don't provide the right files and the right timings, uh, you end up off sync <laughs> over time. I'm not sure if you guys have ever tried to listen to audio description that you've gotten offline uh, and hit play at the same time as you might have on a DVD and have them get out of sync by about five seconds by the end of the movie. Well, that's probably because you're listening to a British version against an American version or a theatrical right. version against an American version. And those play at two different rates that will bring you off time as the movie goes on. Right. I always, I always joke that uh, I wish I lived in the UK because that means I can finish more movies per year. They're playing it around 4% faster than the American ones. And uh, God, I can watch so much more of The Office and Friends. Have you guys, have you guys talked or thought about um, TV shows as well? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, TV shows are something that we just, we recognize the rewatch value. We recognize that they are such a massive part of culture, especially with I mean, we're in the golden age of, of content. Uh, we look at, you know, Amazon originals, Netflix originals, and, and the other TV shows that are coming out, you know, in parallel. Um, we want to provide for those. Right now, I think that it's kind of step at a time in terms of technology. There's a big uh, overhaul that would have to happen in terms of our uh, user interface to allow you to find seasons and search and things like that. Right. Um, but, but certainly TV is on our radar and something that we've built the cloud to support but the app right now is not uh, is not uh, caught up on. And I was saying to Rob on the weekend, I was we have an organization here in Vancouver called Vocali, and they do live description of theater plays, that type of thing. They don't do movies or anything; it's just all live live theater. Sure. And have you guys thought about live theater using the app? You know, because currently Vocali uses like FM transmitters, 
right? So they give you a little hardware device. You plug in your headphones. They have a microphone, and I guess it you know transmits, and you pick it up. An app like this over Wi-Fi or data would be pretty slick, I would think. I don't know what's involved, but if you could just use your own mobile device. Have you guys thought about that, or is that something you could incorporate into the app? Sure. It was something that we had actually in the original box. Um, you know, we, we could provide that box to a, a live theater, a sports stadium, anywhere, and, and really kind of enable a microphone, a digital transmission, anything you wanted to, to really be output of that box. Currently, because the app is, is more focused on this kind of sync and playback mechanism, the app itself actually uh, doesn't really incorporate any technology that would enable a, a live transmission. Um, not to say that in the future it's not a feature that becomes a part of the ActiveView app, but uh, it's, it's a different technology stack that enables that. Uh, we know how to do it, obviously, from our box work, but we've discontinued that product um, just for a variety of reasons. And I think that there's a world in which it comes back, but uh, right now we're focused, I think, more on the pre-recorded content as our uh, as our use case and and not to not to you know I, I love live theater I love you know uh, the idea of of the inclusivity at any event whether it's a corporate event or or an entertainment event uh, for us just you know the size of market across against the size of our team our focus we want to focus on what we think is going to be the biggest impact first which is kind of the TV uh, movies Netflix AMC kind of you know uh, mixture with those blockbusters. Okay, well, don't tell our boss, but I think Rob and I are heading down to California. We're going to work for you guys. <laughs> Rob, Rob can work uh, on your Our marketing. doors are open. We've got we've got many an empty desk here in the active <laughs> office, um, and uh, and we've got uh, Fridays where we go and watch the movies that we have available Sweet. on the app ourselves. So those are the, those are the company perks. I'm so in. Excellent. Rob, <laughs> Rob's all about movies. Yeah. So let me ask you, going back to to the the uh, studio studio deals. Because I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of fascinated by this. So, are, are do you guys strike up a, a a deal with a studio and then you're kind of, you know, in the door with any of their content, or do you have to negotiate on every single movie? Oof. Um, you know, I think this uh, this is kind of a studio by studio, case by case thing. Okay, um, fair one enough. thing I can definitely say is that. Theatrical and home are almost like two different companies inside of each of these studios. Um, oftentimes, we'll find that we've got a, a relationship building with one side of things, and to build a relationship with the other side is like from scratch. Hmm. Um, maybe we'll have an introduction. Maybe we'll have a, a, a cold email that goes across. But uh, but oftentimes, it, it really is like working with two different organizations. The only things that kind of come across are security you know kind of if we do the theatrical obviously it seems like we're secure enough for the home which is already released um and so that's that's kind of thing number one in terms of the, the deals we actually make for these studios we try to structure them to make it as easy as possible to add more movies to the contract um it's not always that way it, like i said it really depends on the studio some studios have kind of committed to uh, a longer term stretch of uh, of films and some just say hey we're going to run these one by one and as things work and, and, and grow, then we can look into a longer term deal. Um, that's kind of the way we look at it. I think that uh, for our, from our perspective, we, we were asking for the world. Uh, you know, we, we want to have universal access to all content, but as we grow, we recognize that we can't start by asking for that. We need to kind of get piece by piece sure. and prove to them mm -hmm. the value of what we're doing. Right. Right. Now, when, when once you have a deal for, say, a movie, a particular movie, um, mm -hmm. 
is it is it a pretty easy process from there? Like, do, do the studios provide everything that you guys need? So they, for example, they provide the whatever the MP3 of the audio description to you for the for the cloud, or they provide all the the uh, the closed captioning. Sure. So they do. You know, we we try and stay away from producing anything. Uh, okay. For, for for the content that we have, we really kind of want to be a delivery service more than right. a production house. Um, it's kind of where our skill sets lie. Not to say we haven't produced some audio description and captions and translations before, but they they really aren't kind of our our core focus. Um, so usually what we get actually is the files as they live on the hard drives in the movie theaters. Um, and then we convert those in-house. You know, I've built tools that enable kind of conversion of those files into files that the app can play back. Um, and uh, of course, there's a lot of encryption in between. Uh, I won't get you know too deep into the details, but but they, they provide us you know all the media we need for this to be possible. And we, uh, we kind of make those conversions happen. So now once you have the, the <clears throat> license to, to, to distribute, I guess, or, or stream a movie, is there like an exp expiration date on that license or is that, you know, ongoing perpetual? Well, it, it depends on, on the content. So obviously for the, we, when we sign a theatrical deal, it does not mean that we have it when it comes out in home. So theatrical expires when the movie's out of theaters, um, you know, depending on the territory mm -hmm. for home uh, again, depends on the studio, but usually we're looking at around a year long contract. That's pretty easy to re re up. Okay, um, right. You know, I think that really it's the, it's more a let's check back in after a year right. and see how things are than a we want to end this after a year because we don't want to support this anymore. Okay. Um, so it just kind of sets a time for us to re-engage and say, hey, how are things going? Uh, what's usership like? Any issues that have arisen? Any changes we want done? Let's look into that. Um, that that's the way, we, the way that we approach it. I'm going to have to have Rob go through my blu-ray library here and see if there's anything that you can get get me a, get me a movie for i gotta try this service out i mean canada we're always behind everything goes to ios first and goes to the u.s first and you gotta give them time ryan time Be patient. i don't have time patience and support i mean just having us on the the, the the show today is really just such a great thing because for us i think that we we we're, we want to pass on the message of, of people that, that want the ActiveView app. We don't want to be speaking for anyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that the more people that hear about what ActiveView is trying to tackle and the mission of just better access as as the core tenant of what we're doing um, is is uh, is so helpful uh, to, to, to have done, so helpful to have people be aware and know that they can reach out to us and share anything they want to that might aid in um our growth and, and, and the opportunity to provide this kind of a service. Well, and I think Rob has mentioned before, the majority of our listening audience is actually in the U S and then it's you oh. know, Canada and splattered around the rest of the world. So, <laughs> you know, there could be a lot of people who are hearing about your service for the first time and, you know, sure. could be flogging your servers, downloading the app. <laughs> well, we love it. You know, we keep track. It's one thing we do is, is we, you know, provide back, um, Statistics back to the studios for each of their movies. Who's watching what? What services are they using? Was captions used more than audio description, oh. or vice versa? What languages? And uh, and I can really tell you that they look at these emails, respond back. They 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 have a vested interest in seeing those numbers rise. Sure. So whatever we can do, whatever you guys can do to to get more people to open that app, to check out movies, to download them, and go watch them. Um, that is 
the most impactful thing anyone can do to make ActiveView become a larger and 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 better providing service uh, with more movies and more content. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it's important for people to know that that ActiveView is out there and it and it is does have the potential of growing like this because. Uh, you know, a lot of people, like you know, again, they'll they'll go to the theater once and they have a, a mm -hmm. bad experience with the with the, that equipment, and they just never go again because they just think. That, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Ryan was telling me just before we turned the mics on, you know, the last movie he went to uh, was, was Thor. Thor. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and you know, main, not because he doesn't love movies, he has a you know a whole a whole shelf full of movies here. <laughs> it's it's mainly just because you know it. it if you don't think that the services there are are going to actually work for you, you know why would you go back? So I, I think that you know it's really important to to spread this message that that ActiveView is here, the technology is here. It, it's just it's just we need the the groundswell of of support to Preach make it. it happen. There's nothing that will get a studio movie faster than people saying, "I'm not buying your tickets because <laughs> of X," and there is a solution. We just need you to 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 work with it. Um, you know, I can tell you that, that, that the studio operatives, it's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't, um, you know, they, they sit there and say, eh, like, I don't know any blind people, so it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. It's just more so I have 20 different competing things that I need to tackle in a day, uh, from getting the movie made in, in surround sound versus stereo and, and making those rumbly chairs, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that move yeah. around when yeah. the movie plays and all those things, uh, you know, where does active you fit in? Right. And if we can show that their efforts, which are not, don't need to be very, very large to make this possible, but their efforts, uh, you know, in, in making this available in ActiveView will bring them a good customer source, that they're going to make it a priority. And, you know, we've been, we've been sort of talking a lot about the visually impaired community that can benefit from this, but we should also mention that, uh, you know, ActiveView is also you know, has a closed captioning. It also has enhanced audio for people who are maybe hard of hearing. Language translation. Language translation. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of solutions built right into the app as well. Not, you know, not just uh, you know uh, audio descriptions. Right. Definitely. Uh, you know, we had a we had a, a deaf news network DPAN TV DPAN TV uh, put out an article about going to see Peppermint, one of the more recent movies we had from STX. Uh, with closed captions. They went and saw it. They did a video on what it was like. And um, we saw our user numbers jump um, about 20% in one day Ooh. from that piece of coverage, uh, which was not insignificant. It was a massive day for us. Our servers managed to keep up. So I'm very, very happy and proud <laughs> of that uh, without issue. But of course, I'm looking at our statistics tracking. and I'm, I'm just wide-eyed as I see all these customers flowing in. And, um, you know, it definitely is that when the, you know, I can say all you know all I want. This is a great service to help people that are blind, low vision, deaf, hard of hearing, speak a different language. But it really means so much more when people that you know are users of the service and need the service come out and say this worked for me. Um, you know, it makes people really believe uh, so much more that that this is really a valuable service when it comes from within the community. I can't encourage people enough to, especially if you're in the U.S., go out, download the app support these guys go see a movie leave your five-star review get in touch with them let them know what your experience was like because we need something like this um worldwide and you know we're seeing more and more audio description whether it's apple original content netflix amazon everybody's doing it now and they're all including you know descriptive audio we're getting more and more accessible solutions so support these guys 
you know, and especially God, I mean, uh, theaters should be tripping over each other to, <laughs> to take advantage of this, yep. honestly, because, you know, they've been complaining for years about things like privacy or about things like, you know, digital downloads that, that are killing uh, the movie going experience because mm-hmm. people are just waiting for waiting for things to show up on on Google Play or Netflix. Well, they keep so, trying yep. to reinvent themselves, right? You can go and have dinner delivered to your seats now and, you know, wine and alcohol. And, you know, it's it's going to be a five-star dining experience soon going to the movie theaters. But, you know, people are more and more wanting to stay home and have that experience at home. You know, we can do that now. So the theater owners need are taking notice, I think, that their seats are emptying and they need to find ways to get people back in them. Yeah. And this is, it's an untapped demographic. I'm telling you. Absolutely. See, we need to be your marketing guys. (laughs) That's that's what I'm hearing. I hear that uh, that you guys need to be uh, here in the U S and just tackling this for us. Um, You know, I I don't need to say a word. I'll just bring you guys into the studio. These guys, they'll tell you what's what, Um, you know, I, uh, I am cited and, and I, and I, I don't have any uh, needs in terms of captioning or, or enhanced audio, but every time I do go to the theater, um, I, I asked for the equipment and I go quite often. I went last night uh, to see First Man, the, the new Neil Armstrong movie with right. Ryan Gosling, which was uh, marvelous, just really, really phenomenal movie. Uh, and, I, and I borrowed the captioning device. Uh, and you know what? It didn't work. Um, I, I know how to work these pieces of equipment. I know how to calibrate them and connect them and, and troubleshoot just as well as a trained staff member at those theaters uh, can because, of course, this is my job. This is my background. And to walk into a theater and fiddle with it for five minutes and then just put it on the ground mm-hmm. and say, That's well, terrible. this is fine because I can hear the movie. But imagine, you know, if I was deaf or hard of hearing and yeah. I'd be sitting here saying, well, what the heck did I spend $15 for? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't come. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I do it to remind myself of just how important the service we're providing is. And I do it to also keep theaters in their toes. The more people that ask them of this, the more they're going to try and make sure, oh, people are using it. We should, you know, take and make an effort to make sure they're charged and, and kind of working. So the next person, you know, whether they're using the ActiveView app or one of the pieces of equipment, our goal is access. I don't, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm never going to mind if someone goes to a theater and uses a piece of Dolby equipment or Sony equipment and it works. I'm going right. to say that's great. I'm very, right. very happy that, that yeah. that was provided for, for anyone that went there. Uh, it's just always disappoint when I see uh, exhibition not keeping up with with their um, their requirements to to provide this. <laughs> I, have, I have one question for you guys, uh, which is, you know, obviously we're talking about going to see a movie in the theater, going to you know watch a movie at home. Um, how much would you guys want to have an app that provides just audio description in the way that Spotify provides music? I'm curious, you know. From your perspective, I know there's ways to find that, of course, you know, online and some of the forums and stuff with some files floating around, but but a legitimate service that provides that. I'm curious on your thoughts. Yeah, I, I do think that there there would be there would definitely be a market for that. Um, you know, we we've we've talked to a, a couple audio descriptive services, and they've they've told us the same thing. Where more and more uh, mainstream um, users w- are taking advantage of different mm-hmm. um, accessibility yeah. features for convenience yeah. you know you're you're in the kitchen you're you're chopping vegetables or whatever and you can't have your eyes on the screen so having mm-hmm. uh, an, an audio descriptive track playing underneath it allows you to sort of to do both so i yeah totally. i mean I, I i think that there would be definitely be a, a market for that especially you know if it if if the price point was was low enough where you didn't even really think about it sure. uh yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Rele- release it tomorrow i'll pay you 10 bucks a month one customer yeah let me ask you this um you know you were you're mentioning before that you know for years and years it's been drilled into to moviegoers heads that you know put your phone away don't text um 
So in terms of like using, say, the, the captioning service to um, watch a movie, I mean, you, I, I'm assuming that you'd have to have your phone out and in front of you and on uh, to be reading the captions as well as watching the screen. How would that work with, with sort of current um, theater policies? So it's a really good question because, you know, it's, it's, it's one that was the, it's the first question we got when acting was started, wait, phones and theaters uh, from day one, it's been kind of uh, been trailing behind us. Um, I, the first thing is with all the audio services, audio description, the dubs, the enhanced audio, uh, which we call amplified audio in, in the app, uh, you put your headphones in once the app is synced up, just put your phone in your pocket. It's out of mind, out of sight. It's, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not, it doesn't need to be out for the app to work. Um, but for captions, of course, you need to be able to look at the screen. We also do provide sign language interpretation of some films. Right. Uh, we, we were trying to push that for deaf uh, children who can't read subtitling yet. So it's a video of a sign language interpreter on the screen um, that's interpreting the dialogue of the movie. So both of those services require you know, captions and sign language to be uh, out and about. And the way we design the app is with a pitch black background and dim text or you know, the video being dim on screen. Uh, of uh, of the interpreter so that it's not emitting a lot of light. And if you're watching a theatrical, it actually also auto-dims your screen to about 10% or so, so it's quite dark. Uh, we've really optimized to minimize that light that comes out and make sure that it's not going to be bothering anyone else. Uh, we hope that long-term we can you know get theaters to show some sort of pre-roll 10 seconds just saying, hey, ActiveView might be being used in this theater. If you see someone using their phone for captions, please allow them, you know, the... the, the, the uh, the support in, in knowing that equal access is being provided and then just know that they're here to watch a movie as well. Right. Um, and uh, finally, you know, a lot of people say, how do I hold my phone while uh, for an entire movie? It, it's a question that we kind of, you know, it's not perfect. We know that ActiveView, you know, again, it's going, it has its caveats. Uh, one thing we've seen done is people bring little um, selfie sticks or tripods, you mm -hmm. know, that they use for taking photos uh, into a theater and set up their phone on that. Um, and they kind of have it out in front of them a few feet. So they don't need to hold it, but this device can hold it for them. And that's been pretty successful because they cost 10, 15 bucks on Amazon. You can bring them to the theater every time, right. uh, knowing that you're going. You've thought of it all. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We certainly try. Um, all right. Well, listen, Alex, uh, we, we certainly uh, appreciate you taking the time out to chat with us. Um, you know, obviously, we're super excited about this, about this super, app. Super, super, so, super. You know, we're, we're going to do what we can. You know, we'll certainly include uh, links in the show notes. Uh, but for those people who are too lazy to look at the show notes, where can people find you guys in uh, the App Store or online? You can find us at com. A-C-T-I-V-I-E-W app.com is our website um activeviewapp.com slash download will bring you right to the apple itunes store to download the app itself um you can find us on twitter or facebook at slash team activeview uh we're pretty active in posting everything from articles about new movies to you know news about uh things that are going on in the deaf and blind communities uh we really try and kind of make a full circle about inclusivity everything that we produce is is audio described or captioned and uh and uh, has image descriptions. We want to make it a fully-fledged kind of uh, accessible platform. All right. Thanks again, Alex, and uh, we'll talk to you, you guys soon. Have a good day, guys. Thank bye you, bye. too. It's just, it's got to get here. It, this I thing know, could go worldwide, writing. you know? This thing could explode. You know, what's impressive is in the fact that, that it's a, it's a two-person operation mm -hmm. at the moment. Like, that's amazing to me. Yeah, like he's doing the coding. Then he's got to go talk to the studios. 
and it's gonna come back you know get the files ready like <laughs> two people like yeah that's super <laughs> impressive like i really expected when i when i did research this morning about uh about active and, mm-hmm. and took a look at the app and the website and stuff I I suspected it was like at least a ten person operation. Yeah. You know, you, I suspected it was small, but I would not have guessed that it's two people. Yeah. And literally, one person's mar- mar- the marketing person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very yeah. impressive, really impressive, and uh, you know, incredibly important service because it's it's really time that you know movie theaters um, took the stuff seriously. Because let's be honest, uh, their proprietary equipment that they have in the theaters. Almost across the board, no matter who you talk to, where you talk to them, they all have the same story. Yep. They're junk. Yep. They're they're either not working or the batteries are dead. Nobody's maintaining them. Well, and us, you know, even even just, you know, I'm mean, just gonna throw this out there anyway. But even just the cleanliness factor, like how much more clean and convenient is it to bring your own device? You don't have to worry about using the theaters. Maybe somebody is taking it to the bathroom with them, or you know what I mean, like. Who knows if it's been cleaned, sanitized? It's just, I don't know. I just more comfortable using your own device. You're familiar with your own device. It's an app. It just makes so much more sense. Yep. Yeah, it does. So, you know, really, it's it's all about spreading the word. So, you know, Ryan, go ahead. You pre- preach to the preach to the uh, the audience and tell them any what of, to do. Any of our audience living in the United States, reach out to ActiveView. Download the app. Check out any content that's available in your area. Talk to your theater owners. Go in and promote the crap out of ActiveView. Let them know what it is, what it does. And that's just spread the word about accessibility. Boom. Well said, sir. Boom. Oh, all right. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us in many different places. But to start with, they can find us at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email uh, if they so desire, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, atbanter. Uh, we're on Twitter, too. AT underscore banter. Boom. Boom. Hey, what about uh, Canadian Assistive Technology? You can find that gaggle of geese at canastech.com. <laughs> That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. I heard that. Uh, also, if you have any sort of assistive technology that is in need of repair or needs a new battery or you just can't sort the damn thing out, uh, Chaos Technical Services can help you out. www.chaostechnicalservices.com And you can find us on all the popular streaming apps, platforms, smart devices. Uh, all right. Anything else? Are we done here? No, I think we're done. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening once again. ActiveViewApp.com. 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 This subliminal message brought to you by Canadian (laughs) Assistive Technology. Canadian Assistive Technology. Canadian Assistive Technology. Anything else? (laughs) No, we're done. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.